This podcast is brought to you by nbs.fm, the no bullshit podcast network. Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of The Startup Diary. Today's episode is a little different. We've got a long-time listener and a member of the network, Dan Holiday, joining us on the mics, talking about his experiences building his business, as well as some of the challenges he's been facing recently. We'll be sharing more stories like this from the network community over the coming months as we do these community spotlights. If you've been following The Startup Diary for a while, you'll know there's some awesome people in the community, and the network is where all the cool kids are hanging out nowadays. Only kidding, but on a serious note, the network is where you can support the show for only a fiver a month, and for that, you'll get access to some awesome exclusive content. You get access to our private Slack group, we do our weekly live streams, we got the member spotlight shows like you're listening to today, we've even got a monthly book club and members only meetups. If you get value from what we do and you want to show your support, this is the best way to do it, guys. You can join the network and it just costs a fiver a month. It's the same price that Adam pays for his fancy coffees, them tall, double skinny one pump mocha hold the foam skinny kappa frappuccinos but if you've not got a fiver to throw our way not a problem at all we're still going to do the monday show for the startup diary as well as the guest interviews and these member spotlight shows we'll be putting these in the feed as well so for now guys please sit back and enjoy this conversation this member spotlight with dan holiday from dts building materials welcome to the latest lunch and listen i am one of Two hosts today. You'll notice Adam's not here. I'm Harrison Rhodes, and I'm with my co-host Sam Wilcox. Hey guys, how's it going? We've got a, a bit guest. more professional than. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, me ever the professional. We've got a nice guest with us today. No special guest. A nice special <laughs> guest. <laughs> special. <laughs> yeah. Hi guys. Dan Holiday of DTS Building Materials. All you guys will know Dan from the group. You're up this way. Yeah, I decided to, to stop by. I had to do some errands with regards to dropping a family member off and picking something up locally that we're not going to talk about because they've sold the product and I now had to order it by courier. Nightmare. But, you know, I don't need too much of an excuse to come and see Adam. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you guys will notice Adam's not with us today. He is uh, out in. He's finding the peaks. himself. Yeah, in the Peak District, having some nice family time. Mm-hmm. So everybody needs that. I definitely need that. In fact, I've been I've been here for two hours, and Sam's mentioned that he needs a holiday about twelve times. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, why so, do feel, why do I feel like this podcast is really weighing us all down at the moment? <laughs> the podcast is all good. It's everything else. Um, yeah. So today, what we want to do moving forward as well is, and some of you guys in the group will have already had a reach out from me. Um, we want to get more group members on the show. Dan is lucky enough to be able to be here live with us, so that's really cool. Um, moving forward, a lot of people probably won't be able to be here live with us, so what we'll do is invite you on via Zoom. And we'll. And, and the aim of this really is just to get to know the community a little bit better. Um, you can share your story with, who, with, with the rest of us about who you are, what your business does, the kind of story that you've been on that, that's, that's unfolded so far, the challenges that you've come across, the lessons you've learned. And we'll just kind of dig into it, really. Kind of like how Adam does with the Thursday shows, but yeah. with community members. So, um, hey, Alison. Hey, John. Nice to see you guys, as always. Um, so, yeah. So, let's talk about Dan I'm just imagining PTO. Alison waving enthusiastically at a screen then. Sorry. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you? We, sh- we know that she will. We, can't, we can see them. And we've got, Amir, <laughs> we've got Amir joined as well. Hey, how's it going, hey, Amir? Amir. He gets a salute. How's he doing? Um, so yeah, let's 
hand over to Dan then. So let's just talk about... You're handing over to me, but I don't know what's going on. Yeah, so let's just talk about DTS building materials. Because, okay. uh, you know, some of the group will know what DTS does. But yeah. for anybody that doesn't, give yeah. us a shout and let us know what you do at DTS building materials. So effectively, DTS building materials is a buying agency for small to medium-sized builders who don't have the income or the team or whatever to have a buying department right effectively they can come to us and we buy on their behalf we do all the shopping around we talk to all the suppliers the distributors and and anyone else um that wants to be talked to and we we shop for them the great thing with that is is as a business and an industry there is a small hierarchy system you spend ten thousand pound a month mm -hmm. you spend one hundred twenty thousand pound a year you're at this level but if you spend a hundred thousand pound a month and a million pound a year you're at this level. Yeah, yeah. So I get to benefit from the discounts where I'm spending over a million pound a year and I can pass them down and there's still enough in between for me to make a decent mm -hmm. percentage in between. And so the so the benefit of like the builders or you know the, the teams of people that would come to you is you can get them better deals on products it, it, because you've got the buying power. To a degree, yes. But ultimately we're in an industry where personality is key. And if you go to a lot of merchants and not all of them, but generally there is either a turnover of staff, someone won't last in one place and they'll end up in another merchant or, or however it works. Ultimately, I eradicate that by saying, look, with me, you get one bill and I'm still going to buy it from wherever and I'll build a relationship with whoever I need to build a relationship yeah. with. And I'm on terms with most people that I buy from. I've got deals in place where you as an individual wouldn't be able to go and get those deals because you're not going to buy the volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm buying just to make life really boring for people, probably somewhere in the region of 45 pallets of Rockwell RWA 45 a month. Um, I still don't, I still don't really know what it does. But I buy, I sell loads of it. But because I, <laughs> but because I buy and sell loads of it. Do you, do you I, handle that? Though? Are you processing any of that? I don't just... handle anything. So the DTS literally means direct to site. I just mitigate the deal. Oh, is that what that sounds for? Yeah. Nice. Mitigate the deal, and just get a bit of paper come through to say it's been delivered. Right. Um, okay. And that either gets delivered by distributors directly, or I deal with couriers. So the benefits then are like you. There's a couple in, in there really. It's like you. First off, you're able to get the better price mm -hmm. because of the buying power, but then also as well, you you deal with all the logistics and the, the arsehole in around. Really. And, don't and inevitably, things don't turn up, things go missing. Um, and typically, builders... Well, you don't say that. <laughs> it, unfortunately, it's life, and especially with COVID. I mean, you ask for something next day, you know for a while you're getting it free. Mm -hmm. It's just life at the moment. So you've got one person at the other end of the phone that you can deal with and I can chase everyone. You can pass it off onto me. I can pass it off onto them. And it's just that nice neat circle. Yeah. Whereas you've got to remember where you've ordered said goods from, and you could have been to four or five merchants in the morning. Yeah. I've dealt with it for you. And then you just get a text or a call from me to say, yep, yeah, it's on its way. It'll be with you at two or however it works. So how long have you been doing this for now? Then? I officially quit my day job. October 2018. Yeah. I didn't officially start trading until probably the end of April 19. Yeah. That was shortly after we met. Shortly after we met. We were still sort of putting the idea in motion. The, the issue with the idea to start with is you can't just go in and have the deals of, 
I'm going to spend this much money with you. Give me your best price. Yeah. Therefore, I wasn't going to get the best prices. So we. So you. So just to clarify my understanding of that, you didn't. You don't have the buying power at the beginning. No. No. It, yeah, you that, have that, to, that was a question I had. You have like, to buy your buying power. Um, so, so did you have any demand though from builders that you were trying to supply to? See, I was very lucky. I was very lucky in in two senses. I started the business uh, initially by myself, and my dad took voluntary redundancy about four weeks after I started the business. So he had a six-month period where he wasn't allowed to go and work for anyone else. He was tied to a covenant that stopped him from going to competition. When you've worked in the industry for 28 years, what choice do you have? You either do something and keep yourself busy for six months or you swan around with your son. Um, We were in a position, thankfully, after six months that we could take him on full-time. But fundamentally, we had his 28 years of a dress book um, that were more than willing to help us based on the fact that there were people in his industry that bought from him. Yeah. So a lot of them came over to us because they said, well, we're not going to buy from them if we're not, if you're not there. Cause he's built the relationship. Cause he's built the relationship. And then from my background, I, I used to work for a company called Dale. Dale sell into builders, merchants, high performance windows and doors. Um, and a lot of my customers were repeat customers where they were doing ongoing projects um they buy from me consistently so um the guys that have heard me on the phone to a guy called mark earlier mark's been working with me since 2015 now it just so happens that we've gone from the dale relationship through to the dts relationship and he now not only buys his windows from me but he also buys a percentage of his other materials through me as well well how do you then because it seems like that to, if, if there's somebody that wants to get into like a similar thing to what you're doing mm. um it seems like that's the initial hurdle to get across yeah. it's like how do how do you get from starting up to having the buying power this is interesting maybe for amir who's on the call because amir runs and he might have some insight. So yeah. if you've got any insight here, I'm going to chat in. But he runs yeah. a builder's merchant. Ultimately, it's, that's where Online. my background in sales has sort of allowed me to succeed because I, I have no fear when it comes to saying no. A lot of people wouldn't say no to anything. So if I was given a price and I knew it wasn't the price, that, even if it was a fair price, and I knew that it was not going to earn me enough money putting two or three percent on it to just bring some income in effectively i say no i need it five percent cheaper and then so in the justifying beginning, the why so in the beginning you're just like grafting the prices down Absolutely. basically you, I, I still get it from some of my customers now they'll they'll send me a purchase order and try and dictate the price to me yeah fortunately we're now at a, a point of business where they dictate a price to me and generally speaking i'm okay with it yeah um it makes me enough money to justify the transaction which is in a lot of cases, if they're doing all the work for me, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, there's the other side of, of it where I still take on project work with windows and doors, which I need there to be an element of stuff that just happens and they take control of the paperwork kind of scenarios because it is just a giant paperwork exercise um, that allows me to sort of get my sort of feet really dirty with actual project work. Um, but fundamentally, Yes, you could you could stand to save money by working with someone on me, but a lot of my customers, we're at about forty five constant customers at the moment, and then we've got customers coming in and out. Um, that it's the service that you get at the end of the at the end of the year as a builder. Yeah, where's all your paperwork? 
now let's think about the stereotype of a builder. They clear out the front of their van, they put it into a plastic bag and they give it to the accountant and mm -hmm. go, sort this. What we're effectively telling them is, well, you don't need to do that anymore. At the end of your year, you give me a call and I press control C, control V on all of your invoices and put them in an email to your accountant for you. And then every single thing that you've bought in a year is there. I can give you all the sort of reconciliation on my... So they don't have to go to like so multiple to different places to get those... They don't have to. I mean, generally, they're pretty good at keeping paperwork because most builders I know don't throw paperwork away. It just ends up in that vent at the front of your transit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and every quarter, they just skip it up, put it into a Sainsbury's <laughs> bag and, and hand it to someone. There's still going to be an element of that. I mean, I'm not going to be able to cater for the people that want stuff now. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, we work with someone at the beginning of the week and go, what do you want Thursday, Friday this week? And then we work on on that kind of basis, um, but there are there is sort of scope for me to do more now that I've moved into the premises. Right, right. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about like the journey that you've been on then, because mm -hmm. obviously that's like getting from the main challenge was like getting from zero to a place where you can have these relationships yep. with um, the suppliers mm -hmm. of said materials. So. Talk us through like the first year of business. Like what were the main things that you came up against? What were the main challenges that you came across? How did it unfold? So the first year was a bit odd because I left my job with a view of doing X. My dad took redundancy at the right time to come and sort of help on my path, mm. which then took the path more towards Y. And we're now back on the X path, if that right. makes sense. Um, so the X path was originally, the reason I left Dale was fundamentally because I couldn't cope with just selling one product. So if my customer wanted to buy from me, but the product wasn't right, inevitably you're reintroducing a new salesman into the situation. So the idea behind DTS to start with was sell windows and doors. If the timber window wasn't right, sell them another Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Sell them another fucking window. Right. You know, if they want an aluminium window, sell them a fucking aluminium window. Don't offer the opportunity for another salesman to come in and swoop underneath and take all the all your glory and all your hard work. Yeah. So that was the whole point of, of doing DTS was I was the plan initially was to still buy from Dale, treat myself like a merchant, so I could then become that category that Dale sold into, but then have a UPVC supplier, an aluminium supplier, a this, that, and the other supplier. Yeah. So that you were never saying no to um, a customer and it was always the right product for them. Yeah, because essentially you want to service that relationship Absolutely. rather than like handing it off. Yeah. Absolutely. Sense. My dad came on board and just through the calculations and all that kind of thing, we realized that by just focusing on the windows and doors, because of the time it takes for things to go into fruition, average order time for a window and door project, for example, is somewhere between three and six months. Right. Because by the time I'm winning the window order, they're probably just putting the bricks in the ground. So it's a big lead time. So it's, a, it's not even a lead time. The lead time on windows and doors varies depending on the product. But before you're ready to take a deposit, you've got to go and you've got to measure holes. And if, they're, if you're winning an order based on a quote off a drawing, you've still got to wait for the holes to mm. appear. Right. Which can take weeks right um, and that's allowing all the other chains in the event to sort of 
sort of slot so you into could, play. So you can be doing all the work up front, but not getting paid for like months later. Absolutely. Basically. So we realised that we were because I you need a big thick ass pipeline. Well, to, I, to, to be able to make that. Well, work, that's right? it. And I was very lucky that a handful of family members lent me some money, and I had enough money to survive six months without a transaction. Right. But once that money was gone, that money was gone, and we had to then make a choice of whether we traded or gone back to my day job. Um, so in that first six months, were you... Um, building a pipeline. Yeah, so you weren't really taking any transactions in that first we, six months. In between December, so we didn't trade at all in October and November, we were building a process. From December to the April, we'd done four orders. And, they and were, were, you, were you happy with that at the time? Or were you as like, a salesman, how, how did you feel about it? As a salesman, you're never happy with anything. That's what I've learned. But what I wanted to make sure was as, because I, I kind of predicted that it would do this, which thankfully it did. <laughs> but fundamentally, it was training myself to take the back seat, to know that I was putting the processes in place in the right way to know that when I was ready to hit the button for the shit to hit the fan, yeah. we could handle that exactly. level of inquiry. Right. Um, so we decided quite early on that we were going to start building relationships with a much more vast supply chain, go more merchanty. You can see on this hat that the original logo just said DTS. We bolted the building materials onto that um, very early on. Um, to the point where I think we even registered the business with the BM straight away. And uh, what does what's the significance in that for you? Being built, for me, so it, just makes it no doesn't really mean anything. But yeah. building materials meant that we dealt with everything, whereas initially we were just going to do windows and doors. Right. Okay. So it's kind of like a mind. There was like a mindset. It was shift. a mindset shift more than anything. I mean, as I've learned, the DTS means absolutely nothing. It's a brand now. Yeah. We've built a brand. We've worked really hard on our branding, and we've. We've done a relatively good job considering I've got no marketing experience at all. Um, and yeah, so the, the first hurdle was actually me overcoming the fact that we were going to have to settle doing something I didn't want to do in a business that I didn't want to run. What do you mean? I didn't want to get involved with building materials. It's bitty. Um, it's lots and lots of lots of little transactions for not a lot of margin. So, so generally just, speaking, on to put it bluntly, and I don't mind telling people what my margins are in this group, I make on average with building materials between 5 and 12%. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> now we do a dance to try and get the lights back on. Um, Let me go and trigger that yeah, one. That's <laughs> cool. go so, oh, there, oh, we, there we go. Just needed to stand up. It's motion sensor. <laughs> but, but, so between 5 and 12% on, on building materials, you've got to sell a lot of building materials to actually cover cost. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the idea was we just churned Especially as much. Especially if the building materials are kind of like low rev products as well. So we, we, we needed to get our average order value up. But again, we move into the realms of cash flow issue in that sort so, of thing. Let, let me just recap then so initial six months happy to not take um many transactions mm -hmm. focusing on the windows and doors pipeline um got to a point where you decided that you needed to pivot slightly yeah. and do the building materials and, and kind of open up the gateway to it to others to other yeah. stuff rather than just the windows and doors absolutely 
And then what, what happened as, as, as that came about then? So as you so, made that change, how did, how did you change like what you were doing day to day? How did you kind of roll into that, like, that it, pivot? It happened really organically. So we, we were talking to a lot of the customers anyway that we were planning on selling windows and doors to. And we just said, would it be a benefit to you if we just bolted on all the other building materials that you could possibly ever want and yeah. go sort of full online merchant, as it were, with this? To which we got a resounding yes. That's so, let me just stop you there because that's really important. It's just for anybody that's that's listening, watching here as well, is just making the offer. Stephen May is a big proponent of this. Just actually making an offer. So like you, like you're in you're in communication with these people about the windows and doors. Yes. But by the way, if we were to be able to provide this for you, is that something that would be of value to you? Absolutely. You know, it's not like buy these things, buy these things no, as well. It's more very... like, hey, if we could do this for you, is, is, that, is that beneficial to you? And you'll yeah. get a very, if you've already got the relationship there, you'll, you'll get a very understanding yes. Fundamentally, no. I mean, I'm sure you realise with builders, everyone's out to be everyone's mate. You don't go out with any hate. No, there's no competition, as it were. You know, we all want to help each other out and we all want to see each other succeed. So it was one of those situations where it's kind of like this eureka moment of like, we're going to run out of money if we don't close some of these window orders soon. You need to go on salary. I need to actually start taking some money out of this thing. What do we do? So yeah. we started with just really the insulation side of things. And because of my dad's background, we got a lot of, I'm going to say preferential treatment from the industry. So we were given credit limits that were far bigger than we were ever going to get given by anyone else. Right. Um, and we were given prices on product that we were never going to get from anyone else. I mean, we're, we're buying at distributor level to set up merchant level so we were at a point where we we had something good to the point that we realized that because of the volume of paperwork that we were needing to do because we're buying on application and we still buy an application there's no set model to me going into a computer system and just clicking the product that someone's buying you know there need to be hundreds of thousands of products 12 times for the individual places where I buy things from. Right. And it's just not good use of my time inputting it into the system for then the prices to change six months later. Mm. So we, we basically would, our price, uh, the way that we quote, we actually have to type in each line individually with the cost. It's not the best use of time, but at least then we know that if we're buying X from Y, we're typing it in exactly as per the, what their quote says. So when we send them a purchase order, and then they send us an invoice, All everything matches. Yeah. So there's no arguing later in, in a line. The customer's accepting based on where we're buying it from, and, and, and it's all happy from there. Um, but we basically realized very, very quickly that we couldn't manage the workflow with two of us and actually grow to a point where we could actually handle the inquiry coming in with the customers that we wanted to deal with. So by the end of May, so about six weeks into trading, I had job offers on the table for two people. I think you and I discussed that in quite some detail on all that good stuff. So I had job offers on the table with two people, knowing full well that those two people were on a six-month notice. Um, so it allowed me six months to really churn the sales in as much as I could to build as much of a sort of a cushion financially as we could when we had the voice start the first week of September. Yeah, first week of September. Um, so let's just recap the timeline here. So we're past six months in, or just yeah, about six, bit, months, about in, six just, months in, just 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 past. You've already made the switch to 
offering the building materials that's going well yeah. you've made that you've made that call now you've got two new employees that are waiting to to, to start to work join, yeah. for you um question what, from amir by the way uh he says do you do installations as well dan or are you just supplying the materials uh i've got another business on the side that deals with installation Okay, so he says, if not, is it something you would think about doing in the future? He's asking because the way he sees your business is a marketplace for building materials. Yeah, we're a marketplace for building materials. DTS is a marketplace for building materials. I've got another business that should be ready to launch, I want to say September. Can I ask you, Amir, because um, I know you're a market, marketplace for building materials as well, Egypt-based. Um, is the installation side of things something that, that you're considering? Is that why you asked the question? Or just want to un- interested to understand the thought process there? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, while we're waiting for Amir to come back, you have um, – so, you've got these two people that are waiting to, to, um, to join. Yeah. What are you thinking at this point? Like, are you happy with the amount of reserves that you've got in the business? Are you I, excited about them joining? Are you scared? Was, like, what's the deal? It, it was an odd one because it was – a way of me taking control of the business because it uh, gave me an end in sight for the business I didn't really want to be running. Like I make no secrets that the building material stuff, I, there's, there's no passion there for me. I like the people and I've got to love the people in the industry. But at the time, I knew nothing about it. I had no expertise and I didn't really feel like I was a good fit for running that said business. Right. Um, fortunately, I'm a decent enough salesman with a big enough ego to just sort of fit myself in but it was hard and and I always had in my mind that I wanted to move the whole thing back towards the windows and doors right because that's where I, my comfort zone is and that, that's sort of where I knew I wanted to be eventually yeah um so the boys starting the plan was that they, they'd be with me in September and then six months after September I'd take a slight side step I had Connor as a salesman a sales manager the whole point was is I would hand over the reins to him and then he would basically run the DTS side of things and I'd so the building off, materials side of things. So the building materials side of things and then I would go off and I'd launch the, the windows, windows and doors, and doors business. Doors. So for those of you that don't know, I've also got a business called White Storks Windows and Joinery Limited. It was due to launch in February. Bad timing meant that I kind of hit pause on that. Um, I'd spent some time in Lithuania building up partnerships with factories and we've got product being made or will be made on license for us um but just bad timing wise i'm now going back out to lithuania probably in september to just check that we're all back online and all yeah. that kind of thing and we'll probably look at launching that sub september october time right you know again that we're there's very little pressure on me with how things have gone uh, so effectively six months and where I was expecting when the boy started the obviously the money in the bank did this yeah and then I was expecting it to sort of make a gradual curve yeah unfortunately so you, so you were expecting initial hit initial dip because yeah. there's a there's there's a well there's there's training that needs yeah. to happen there's like there's like a bedding in period let's call it of bringing on but salespeople but it's right? also buying in stuff I mean they had I needed to buy desks and I needed to buy chairs and I needed to buy computers and phones right, and, right. and stuff that comes with having people, you know, 
my insurance had to be up, which made my yeah. insurance more expensive. Yeah, because these were like proper employees, proper. whereas I just deal with contractors. Like you they, have to like I go buy the book with everything. Paying right? their taxes and doing all that. Not kind that of I don't stuff. go buy the book with contractors, but, but you know what I'm saying. But right? there's less books that you've got to follow. <laughs> there's less on. books to go by, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so yeah, it was a, it was an interesting turn, and then bringing people on towards the end of the year in the building game, as generally speaking, the building work starts to slow as the weather gets worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see a spike in the new year generally when people are planning projects, but generally it does falls off a cliff around December time. So in December, I actually had to borrow some money to pay the salaries. Oh man, that sucks. So we, we rinsed my reserves really, really quickly. How did that feel? I, I already had the loan set up in the March. How did it feel though? Um, I'm paying it off now and I haven't got the employees anymore. Yeah, but how did it feel at the time, right? Because it must have been, it, it, was, it must have been hard, right? It was, it was relatively stressful, stressful but it was, yeah. it was forecast. So there was every hope that I wasn't going to need to actually take out of the loan. Yeah. But, it was there because I expected to need it. So it just meant that things hadn't quite gone to plan. And yeah, yeah. unfortunately that's life. And you know, who, who knew that we were going to be in that situation. We got into January and we had an absolutely phenomenal month. Like we hit January and it went completely nuts. Unfortunately, we had one customer that still hasn't paid their bill from January. Owes us, just shy of 70 grand so that's going through legal proceedings at the moment so as covid hit i've still got this legal stuff going through with insurance thankfully it's all insured um so a little bit of a roller coaster there by the time recap the timeline again so you take on you know the two two new guys yeah um Bit of a roller coaster so, with an up and down, up and down months, and yeah. it, that sounds like so, it was what must have been a tough period. So in in December, we took on invoice financing, which was a real big saving grace for us because it meant that we could utilise the money that we were earning on a month by month basis. And as long as there was money coming in, and you can keep rolling with it, the invoice financing works absolutely fantastically for my business because, as Harry mentioned to me earlier we are in an absolute fucker of an industry where actually you could buy something off me now and not expect to yeah. pay for it until, in, until September. It's insane. It's, yeah, that is it's crazy. Nuts. Unfortunately, it's the life that I've known for the last five years, so it's fine. But it's, it's frustrating in the sense of, in terms of small business and cash flow, if you haven't got the reserves there available. Yeah. If you use the reserves properly, it's fine. But we ran out of reserves by Christmas. We built up some reserves again by the end of Jan. And then we start, we start looking as if we're sort of going to be doing this quite quickly again to the yeah. point where we were actually having discussions. We, we took on the premises. I picked up the keys to where I am now on the 7th of Feb with a view that we were going to be moving into an office where I could actually move. I wasn't going to get another salesman, but I was going to get an administrator for the team so that because we still have to change all our purchase orders and and all this kind of stuff. So the idea was yeah. they'd hand that to an individual and then that individual would deal with it. And then they can focus on selling. And then they could focus on selling. Yeah. However, the idea was we take on the unit in Feb. I had some difficulty with the unit in that I got there and the electrics weren't safe, so I had to get all that gutted. 
and I went skiing at the beginning of March, came back with COVID. Yeah, you actually had that COVID. Was, that was shit. Right at the beginning of March, right? Yeah. For, thankfully, I was one of the first 500 and something cases. Yeah. So I was looked after. I had NHS direct phoning me every day, checking I was all right and making sure I was still alive, um, which was great. I mean, I can't fault the NHS at all on that front. And then the day that I was allowed out of my bedroom, Boris was on the blower. get back in. Go back to the bedroom. <laughs> You're closed. Sorry. So I already had the boys working from home on the Monday. And the announcement was, I think, from the Wednesday, the furlough scheme was announced. So I'd assessed the business over my two fit days that I was back. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't in the land of the living. I didn't answer a phone call and I didn't open my computer for two weeks. Like, it was forced holiday but I'd already been on holiday for a week before yeah, yeah. so like I was three weeks behind anyway so I had no time to put a plan in place so the the best thing that I could do as soon as the furlough scheme was announced was like guys when putting you on furlough I don't know how long it'd be for yeah and that was that I kept the business open myself for about another week before I realized that actually everyone was doing what I was doing and um, because as an industry we were told not to shut right but how do you not shut when you're told you're not allowed to go and see people? Mm-hmm. And right. you got and we had no idea on the social distancing rules and we had no idea on this and no idea on that. And as time moved on, more and more opened. But I didn't want to be based on the fact that I'd had it and I I felt how fucking horrible COVID was. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to be the person that told people to go back to work by selling them materials. So I just said, look, we're just gonna be closed. And I wrote a really honest letter to the boys and said, look, as a business, we, we run by month by month. We would have survived because of the way that things were going. We'd have survived the dent with the guys that hadn't paid because we could have just kept on the rolling with the financing. Unfortunately, when the sales stop, the financing stops. Right. So we're at a point where there's nothing in the bank. I paid off. I took every single penny out of the business and paid off as many suppliers as I could. Um, and I still owe some now. Right. It's just a fact of life. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I wrote them a letter just saying, look, with the situation we're in, I don't know if we're going to get the support to bring you back. Yeah. Like, as an industry, we're being told to go back to work now, but there's nothing set in terms of how we're going to bring you back off this furlough scheme and how, as a business, we're going to recover. So take this as a really sorry, but here's your notice. And if by the end of the furlough scheme at the moment, it, I think at the time it was the 30th of June that the furlough scheme finished, they actually extended it so that it's the end of next week. But if by the 30th of June you've not found something, we'll have a conversation. And if the results come back that we can bring you back in, we will. Yeah. And if or if you, if you even want to, right? You know, no, there's, there's that as well. Like, I mean, as a business model, it doesn't work from home. Right. Because you need to be in communication with the team all the time to ensure that you're not crossing paths or overspending our credit limits and yeah, all that yeah. kind of thing. You know, we, we, we are, a, as a business, we don't have infinite credit available to us. I mean, we're 18 months old with no accounts filed. Yeah, yeah. So the credit facilities that we've got, we've got to manage properly. And that was part of the reason of taking on the financing was to pay off earlier so that we could open up the credit facility to just keep purchasing. Yeah. Um, and I'd made a decision prior to March that I was probably going to lose two of them anyway, just through 
the performance. Just performance based and how the space, business was going. How right? the business was going. And actually... And I think that's, fi- that's fine, right? You saw, know, it's a hard decision. And, and I saw the COVID thing as an opportunity, actually. Yes, I'm losing the one person that I actually would want to keep in this business. But that it can all remain nameless. I can get rid of all three of them and start again. And effectively what I've done, I've been back at work now for officially four weeks. And so, so just to recap, the COVID situation hit. You, 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 you closed you guys down, and we went to work on the 18th of June. So you, I went to back. Yes, yeah, so you've 18th come, come back now as just you, just me in a thousand square feet of warehouse by myself. Yeah, um, and the way I, I and how does that feel compared was, to where you were at the beginning of the year? The first three days, I found myself sitting and wondering why I was still doing it. Because I was earning a lot more money employed. Yeah. Like maybe three times as much as I've earned in the last 12 months. Um, which is hard. Yeah. And when, when you're sort of being thrown under a bus by something that's out of your control, I very much could have had control of everything if there wasn't this pandemic thrown into the mix. Um, and unfortunately, there was a situation that I could have controlled that got taken out of my hands yeah. and it stopped the cash flow. Sucks, man. Really but, sucks. But, I mean, that's life and that's business. And, and ultimately, for me, I, it was one of those things where I had to selfishly think of as long as I survived this, they're, they're big and grown-up boys. They'll be fine. Yeah. Like, two of them still with the parents and one of them's my dad. Like, if my dad really struggles, then, you know, I'm more than, more than happy to come help him out. But, yeah fundamentally it's going to help me out by not having you on a payroll at the moment right so we when i went back it was three days of i didn't phone a single customer i just tidied up i think i hoovered the office about five times just to get back into the swing of like being into work i've been going to work anyway because i was basically moving desks around at this point i bought some racking and i was putting racking up and making sure that when i decided it was safe for me to go back to work then all I had to do was go and sit down at my desk and work. Yeah. Um, because at this point, I hadn't even got to setting up a desk. I cleared my office at home. My wife works, got told to work from home, so she moved into my office, which meant I had nowhere to go. So I spent a good three or four weeks just tidying up the office, getting my zen right in the office. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I actually sort of found myself like, I went back to work on a Wednesday. Give myself the Monday and the Tuesday off, and I went to work on a Wednesday. I found myself sat at the, the desk going, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Why am I doing this? Mm. And I think I phoned John Hud. Shout out to John. Because I don't think you answered the phone. Probably. Um, and I think I had a really good chat with John and a really good conversation with Steve May. And everything was A-OK again and realised that I just put everything into perspective. And I just sat down. I went home at about two o'clock on the, on the Friday and went, well, I'm just going to have a weekend. Went back to work on the Monday. We've... I think just to cut in though, like, you know, it's good that you spoke to the community. Yeah, that's what... The Draw community... on this community. Like, we're, we're here for each other. We really are, guys. Um, um, you know, having the phone numbers of a couple of people yeah, that are in this community to be able it. to pick it's, up and say, hey, how's the shit it's going? It's massive. And I, I still work my way through the list and there's people on the list that admittedly I still need to find. Alison's one of those people. And actually, I need to talk to Alison because I needed to ninja my inbox. We're going to have Alison on the show at some point in the next couple of weeks. Cool. 
give him some tips. But yeah, like, and, and I just want to say, like, yeah. we were all there, mate. Yeah. Like, no, I, I and, know. And we, not I, saying not to take away from what 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 you experienced at all. I'm really glad that you're sharing this with us because yeah. it's, it's very impactful. But, but like, yeah. we we I think in some way, shape, or form, we all kind of felt that a little yeah. bit. And it's uh, I think uncomfortable, eh? I think fundamentally, the thing that I got out of it, and I think it was Steve that said it, is uh, you've been telling everyone else we're all in this together and it's not your fault, but I don't think you're listening to it yourself. Mm. Like I'm going in and I'm putting all this weight on my shoulders and going, why, why isn't the business performing? Well, I'm in an industry where I should still be performing. I think mentally and morally I'd stopped the business because I felt like we didn't need to trade whilst everything was going on and I didn't want to be the classist for it. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but I mean, I can't survive off the furlough money and like the furlough money for me is 800 pound a month. Yeah. You know, if there's no money in the business for me to take my dividend, I can't take my dividend. Yeah. Simple as that. <laughs> so listen, we need to wrap this up. Oh shit. We've gone on. If we, yeah. Just to follow up from what we asked Amir earlier. Um, he said he's been thinking about, uh, sorry, Installation is something I'm trying to avoid because it comes with lots of risk factors. I'm, yep. I'm interested more in the tech side of things. My business is more of e-commerce websites. So we it buy, is. store, yeah. market, and deliver. Uh, I was also thinking about opening the back end of my website to other suppliers, uh, and it turns my website into a marketplace. But again, this is something that will come with some risks. I don't know if that's something that Dan will consider doing on his website. Um, Can I just ship in just super quickly yeah. there? If that's something that you are considering doing, you might want to talk to Alex Cunliffe about that because he's in the group. He runs a company called Inc. Threadable and he has effectively done that, right? So they've got a company and Alex is going to be on as well talking about Inc. Threadable in August. Um, but his company has is is an online e-commerce based solution mm. but the back end is opened up so that other people other suppliers can can hook into it and use and, and basically sell t-shirts and stuff because it's a printing company they can sell t-shirts but then go through into alex's so if you yeah. if you're interested in that speak to alex about that pick yeah. his brains uh, in terms of e-commerce with my business it is something that we are going to be trialing again part of the reason why i took on the unit was for master fixings which is the fixings branch off of this. And the reason I've done it with that is because I could dump a thousand pound into it and have more stock than I know what to do with. Yeah. Because I'm buying screws for pennies, for example. Um, again, not quite ready to go live with it because again, everything was based around me doing it in February and March um, and everything just hit pause. Um, so just to end the story there, found myself in a situation where having a conversation with the community that I'm really content and gone, well, actually, what do I want out of business? So for the next six months... So you've had that chance to reset. I've reset. And I've just said, for the next six months, I'm going to set myself as a salesman a fairly modest target. Um, and the target is achievable within a couple of weeks so that I can then spend a couple of weeks spending time with the community, spending time working on me, spending time working on the business while still being in the business. Yeah. Um, because that's the one thing that I realized mm -hmm. I didn't spend enough time doing is working on me and what I wanted and being selfish about me. Yeah. Um, and me, as the entrepreneur, I want to succeed and I want to do this and that and the other. But now's not the time for that. Now's the time for just grafting enough to survive. Um, and taking the time to do the self-reflection. Taking, taking the time to recover, really. I mean, yeah. I could go out and borrow far more money 
and throw loads more at it and employ loads of staff and sort all that out. But it's just going to be added stress I for you right want now. To, I you know, yeah, I feel the same way. I, I've, from the conversation I had with Adam, I've moved my entire workflow into things free. If it's not in things free, it doesn't happen anymore. My calendar's moved into it as well, so I actually manage my diary through it. So can we wrap this up then by, I want, I want you to just give a quick summary of like how you feel where you're at now and like what your plans are for, I know you just said yeah. for, for like roughly, but like what your plans yeah. are over, over the course of the next year. Because what I would like, like for us to do is bring you back on and you yeah, can jump cool. back in and see where you're at in like say a few months time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so fundamentally for the next, I'd say four to six weeks, it's just survive. Um, I want to spend as much time in those four to six weeks working on the business, putting in better processes that I can then manage the workflow by myself. Cause that's something that I didn't do particularly well to start with, which is why I immediately went into hiring. Right. Um, what I'm finding now is actually the numbers not dropping that dramatically. It's actually growing to a point where we're almost at the same level as what we were pre me having the boys. Right. Um, but it's only me that needs to take the money out of the business. Yeah. Um, so that's where we'll be for the next four to six weeks. I think probably by October, I'll bring on the administrator that I planned. Yeah. Um, someone a bit more ninja-like with all of the Excel stuff. And basically, I'm not very good and I'm very aware that I'm not very good at sort of remembering to invoice people. Mm. And I'm, I'm in the game of sales. So Don't, I, don't be Dan Holiday, guys. So I, I, do, <laughs> I do the sales stuff. And then add the invoicing to my to-do list. And then I do the invoicing about a day or two before the actual money's due back with me, which means thankfully I've got some really good customers and they do pay me. Yeah. Um, and thankfully so you I'm, want somebody to just kind of take a lot well, of that it's, that. it's because of the invoice financing, I effectively sell my debt or sell their debt to someone else. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have to do an upload and that upload, if I've done hundred orders in a week, it's literally standing at a scanner and, scanning in a hundred documents right because it's i've got to provide my per- purchase order the invoice the proof of delivery and an invoice from the supplier to prove that the chain's link is complete um and if i do that for every single transaction and there's 100 transactions i'm at the scanner for an hour yeah yeah scanning in every single document and then i've got to go onto the internet and type it all in individually and upload it and that's just their system so um Effectively, I want to be able to go, right, this is the sales stuff. I'm just going to keep selling, 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 selling. You do the paperwork. Yeah. So I'm going to get, I want to get someone like that. And it'd probably be there, only be a couple of days a week um, just to sort of ninja that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, I'd like to be in a position where, uh, I think as Adam mentioned in the last podcast, getting on some level of EA, where mm-hmm. my inbox is then managed by them and my diary is managed by someone else so I can just get on and do. Yeah. Um, and then the plan will then be to put DTS into kind of this automated kind of role where it sort of runs itself. The sales sort of happen and this administrator just processes the orders for me right? so that I can then launch White Stalks properly. Um, White Stalks was the business that I wanted to run from the start. Awesome. Well, in a nutshell, thanks for coming on mate. Thank you. Bud. Thank you for your hospitality. And Harry, that was the best cup of coffee I've had. You didn't see it because I drank it before I came in. But what can I say? This man brews a mean coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Stephen May for that one. Actually, he got the machine for us. Did he? Yeah. Smarter coffee. Legend. Community coming through strong, guys. <laughs> Legend. So, uh, so if you've got any other brewing machines or snack makers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guys, 
let's all thank Dan for sharing his story. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Um, or whatever this is. Yeah, we're going to drop this into the into the Slack store, into the Slack channel afterwards. So anybody's catching up later on, drop any questions for Dan, any comments for us, anything at all into Slack, and we'll follow up. Let's get the conversation going. And yeah, we'll be reaching out to more of you guys to bring you on the stream, uh, whether it's live or you know on Zoom. And we will see you next week. Bye.